And a very good day to everyone. Welcome to the Sports and Media Show. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Show 59. Believe that? 59. They said it wouldn't last. (laughs) They said it wouldn't last. (laughs) Now keep in mind, we will not do a show next week during the uh, holiday break, so we'll be back in a couple weeks. Just a little uh, housekeeping as we get ready. So Joe, I thought since we're not going to be doing a show Thanksgiving, before we got into some of our stuff, I put up there on our website today uh, a little uh, something about Thanksgiving, and we want the people on Facebook Live to, to mention, or to vote, kind of like. So what's your favorite kind of pie for Thanksgiving? And then do you have noodles or no noodles? That's always the big thing for Thanksgiving. So I like apple pie. Joe? Oh, I'm all in on pumpkin pie. You're As a matter pumpkin. of fact, my wife makes two. One for me, one for the family. And actually, I get I go into training usually around late September. My <laughs> wife starts making pies, and I try to get them done within 24 hours. Now, what about noodles? Do you guys have the noodles? Um, it's really weird. because No, that's a Midwestern of, thing. Yeah, so. And I'm, I'm from the Northeast and the South. And So Joe's a no-noodle. I'm a, I, I don't mind them. I mean, I would eat them. No, but. I just want to know if you serve them. Because it's, sometimes you'll ask people around here, and they're like, noodles? No way. And then so everybody, yeah, you got to have noodles. So it's if you want to bring some over, I'll eat them. I'll, I, Thanksgiving is no guilt day. All right. <laughs> Let's everything. Get, there you go. Now let's get into some sports. I have a question for yes, you sir. going into that. I thought you were going to ask something along the lines. This is, uh, what is your, what are you most thankful for about sports? Thankful for about sports uh, right now, the fact that Oklahoma and the Steelers are both still alive in the uh, in the chase for titles. What about you? Um, right now, I not a whole lot. And I guess fun. you could even throw EIU in a little bit. They're on the edge. Yeah, I, I'm thankful more of not, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that the, you know, as a sports fan that the Yankees have gotten better, although I'm not thankful that it, I wish George Steinbrenner were there. I'm probably the only person because they probably would be going after these other players. Yeah. But I'm thankful for sports in general that it's it really usually is a great diversion, even with what's going on in sports with Colin Kaepernick and, 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 and the fights there. And I'm just so infused with politics as you are but i'm also fed up with it at the same time yep. like even it, it gets infused in churches and, and and everything but i still feel like when i'm watching a game i can escape don't you still i, I agree 100 percent. yeah exactly i mean and this past weekend wasn't as bad with the politics because it was the salute to service weekend i think everybody realized that you need to stand up sure, and there wasn't sure. any uh any you know Whatever you want to call it, any discussion or, or talk about, uh, you know, anybody sitting down or kneeling or anything like that. So, but the NFL is in the big is in the news because of the Dallas yes. Cowboys, who Keith Eaton from Arizona is saying go Cowboys, but they're in the news. Uh, not because Ezekiel Elliott announced today he's not going to appeal the suspension, so he's going to take the six games, set, set the six games, which will allow him to play in the playoffs, playoffs if they make it. The, yeah. The, the more and more fleeting chance they get into the playoffs, yeah, I it, think. Of course, then the owner, Jerry Jones, is added against the NFL with uh, you know some of the other things that are being said about you know Jones you know getting involved in the contract negotiation with Goodell, the you know, Goodell and the NFL, and some of the owners are saying enough's enough. It's you know, and so it's really it's been one of those things where Jerry Jones has really become the new Al Davis. He has, but and Al Davis is not his, as bad maybe yet, but he's he's working that way. No, Al Davis had a few good points. I mean, he really did have some good points in, in his day. A lot of them. He got less and less good yeah. points, I believe, towards the end of his career, as I recall. Uh, but I'm torn on this because Jerry Jones, on one point, he uh, I was really angry because I feel like he was getting angry just because of Ezekiel yeah. Elliott. On the other hand, he, he brings up a good point, which is why are we paying a commissioner so much money when we've had so many PR problems and we're starting to um, – 
maybe start not making as much money as we did before. Uh, I mean, frankly, I don't care because if the owners want to do that, that's their commissioner, and it doesn't affect me both either as a media person as a fan. But I also he is he he is one of the thirty two, and and he has a disagreement over that. Yeah, I I kind of I, I kind of agree with you on that. I think the one thing I think some of the owners want Goodell involved in is the next collective bargaining agreement because it is going to be a doozy. Probably going to oh, be a strike oh, in three very or four much years. So. Yeah, probably. You've got the you've got the contract agreement with the players who are going to offer are going to ask for a ton of stuff. Then you're going to have the contract of the TV negotiations. Well, I think a lot of the owners are thinking, who's the best person on to be on our behalf in those two? Would be Roger Goodell because he doesn't have an understudy. Whereas Jerry Jones is kind of making that point point that yeah, we're starting to lose a little bit of money, which is debatable still. But the ratings are down, and obviously NFL's taking some hits this year. So Goodell, I mean, it looks like to me Jones is up against 31 other owners who say, I think we should just stick with status quo for another contract negotiation, and then possibly after that, either Goodell would probably be in line to retire or maybe get moved out at that point. But there was even talk of the owners are going to vote Jerry Jones out, and that was not going to happen. I mean, oh no way, no, no. way. I mean, he hasn't done anything egregious has he has he opened his mouth a little bit yeah but they're not going to vote him out there's no way that was going to be allowed that that would be a uh, a lawsuit for that would last for years and years that and would then. be even worse for the nfl yeah, for something like that plus that. um I, i'm wondering whether or not w- would it be interesting if it was sort of like major league baseball when bud selig he's the owner of a team and takes it he takes over as the commissioner wouldn't it be interesting if Jerry Jones became the commissioner and negotiated this? Because no, I th- because what Jerry Jones would never mind. Go ahead, go finish. <laughs> no, I just think that it, you know I, I'm not advocating for this at all. But I don't think from the, the from the reports I've read, Roger Goodell does not have a good relationship with the players. And maybe if the owners found someone who could work with them, you know, you're willing to negotiate with someone who you're more friendly with instead of a contentious. And as I, to the yeah. as the, he does need some sort of understudy, but maybe you don't. Maybe you just get someone. I mean. Major League Baseball and the NFL, they didn't. I don't know if Roselle and others had that much experience going in. I think a lot of they people are also some, mad about what Goodell's wants were with the insurance and a plane for life and his family covered for life. Some things that seem to be way out on the edge of really what was should have been under the commissioner's, you know, you know, wants for a real contract. I mean, some of the stuff was outlandish, and I think that's where some people got mad at Goodell. But I think what you said is right. They just need to find a commissioner that that understands where they're going and, and do the right thing. And obviously Jerry Jones isn't the answer, and, and maybe Goodell isn't the answer. I don't know. He has had, taken a lot of PR hits. He's not a real likable guy in terms of when you listen to him talk. He he doesn't make you stand up and just want to storm the beach, as they say. Yeah, and I don't mind if he's not that likable to you or I. Like judge, You don't really? I don't. I, really, I, 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 I don't. See, I think I, you need a commissioner that's somewhat likable to the fan because <clears throat> what everybody forgets about is the fan pays the bills. No, I, I think it's a good thing if you can get it. But, I mean, think about back in Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis for his day. I don't he, remember that, do you? Oh, yeah, I remember that. I was... <laughs> I was in my young teens at the time. <laughs> uh, but but when, when, when he was in there, he did some things that were harsh that were good for the game. Of, unfortunately, toward the end of his tenure, he also was the one who helped prevent African Americans from playing in yeah. Major League Baseball. So I don't know that you want someone to be in too long because then they consolidate too much power and then they become. Uh, Pete Rozelle, who arguably is the best commissioner the NFL ever had with all the things and changes that he's done, he never got paid more than. 
Um, in today's dollars, I think they said if he were getting paid today, he'd be getting about f- a $5 million. Oh, really? Something along those lines. He was never paid more. It's kind of interesting that a commissioner is getting paid more than the top athletes. And, and again, I don't care. They can pay him a billion dollars. It doesn't affect me. But it, it's, 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 it's a whole different model now, and, and, and I'm wondering if it's going to continue to be so. It's, it's a lot like corporations now where yeah. the CEOs make all the money and the employees don't make a whole lot, except this is a company where the, the employees make a whole lot of money as exactly. well. Yeah, that's a good point. So all those all those valid points, yeah, $38 million a year for a commissioner does seem a little astronomical, but maybe they need a write-off because they're making so much <laughs> money, so they have to have some expense well, on that. Well, you know, those nonprofits like the NFL, <laughs> Inc., there you go. The other big news story of the week was the UCLA basketball players, uh, uh, you know, arrested in China last week for shoplifting. Uh, and you know, it was interesting. What came out yesterday was it wasn't just one store. They actually did do a couple stores. And, and so, so there's some talk about it. Since it was premeditated, should there be a little bit more severe penalty? Donald Trump got involved. The Chinese, uh, was it Chinese president got involved. Right. And the basketball players did get home. Uh, yesterday and then suspended indefinitely by the UCLA basketball program, and they're just going to kind of see how that tracks, hopefully a little better than Krzyzewski did last year with Duke. Maybe they'll actually have to sit out more than a game. But uh, your thoughts on this whole UCLA basketball story? Well, the thing that interests me the most is the the tweet, I think, that came out by the president this morning where, hey, you players, you can thank me for getting out. I don't think that's the message you want the president or anybody else to have. The message should be, don't steal damn stuff. Don't go out there and steal, and you should you should be fortunate not just to me. You should his message should be something along the lines of you shouldn't be doing this. I mean, I, I mean, whatever the message happens to be, it shouldn't be hey me Donald Trump, I got you out of it. That's not the message that we should be getting from the president when it comes to the situation because these players should be, yeah. are suspended indefinitely. I would have their butts on the on the on the bench for I don't know what number, but it would be a long time like to send a message said, to I would other like people. somebody what somebody said they're suspended the entire non conference season and at least the first conference game. So they have to see what it's like to sit out a Pac twelve game or whatever their pack is now. Or there. even two. Yeah. Or I don't, two, yeah. Maybe I, a home and away game. Or I, I, mean, I have no problem with them being suspended for the year because they embarrassed my university if I'm there. Yep. You embarrassed everybody's gonna think we may not even know the names of the players. One of the Ball yeah. brothers and, and two of the others. All the people are going to remember is, hey, UCLA athletes went to China and stole stuff. Like the first day they were there, too. The first day. these. I mean, that embarrasses the university. And I would suspend their – I mean, but I don't think that UCLA has the courage to do something like that. I don't think that a lot of places have the courage to do things that are uh, the moral high ground. Yeah. And it, I don't know. I mean, and this probably, uh, they say, is the the lesser of the talented ball brothers. So I don't think they're going to have to deal with the dad as much on that. And the other two players, I have no idea if they're talented or not. Uh, they won last night in overtime against a, a lesser quality opponent. opponent we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to see him suspended at least through the first conference game. I, I, I would take that without doing it. You know, doing it. Uh, but we'll see what happens. So are you reading that the father is not going to intercede as much because the kid's not as talented? Have you heard I, those reports? I think that is what the underlying story is. He realizes Leangelo— Which Le- would be sad that well, a father Le- would not well, stick Le- up for his son. But Le- Well, he did. He already said this isn't a big deal. That really caught a lot of flack. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. got, you, get, you stole something in a communist country where they could have put you in jail for three to ten years. Yeah, why don't you and, go smuggle some you know uh, pot into Turkey in, or You know where you don't Iran, want to be in yeah. jail is China. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I, I think— Leangelo Ball has no other way to go because all he could do right now is either quit school, sit out another year, and then play, or he's not going. He's not a one and done player. He's not a two and done player. In fact, he's a fringe NBA prospect. So yeah. UCLA has the upper hand in this one on the ball, which I think is probably better. Now the other ball may not go to UCLA, but I don't think 
you know, at some point, I think you have to you have to cut bait, right? And say, you know, Can you imagine what John Wooden would do? He'd get angry if you had long hair. He, I mean, if you didn't follow exactly to the to the letter, you know, think of a guy like Bill Walton, who has become, you know, he was one of the greatest college players of all time. He was a very good player in the pros. He got injured a bunch, but you know where he was going and how you know John Wooden yanked him in. Who knows where he would have gone? I mean, part of the job of a college coach is to mold these young men and you're, women. You're right. Donald Trump and UCLA have the chance to had the chance to, to make this a, a learning a lesson learning time. And I think UCLA right now, I think most people are happy with the at least indefinite suspension. Now again, it has to be longer than what Shashevsky did with Grayson Allen. It can't be, oh, he set out a game and he had to run extra in practice. Now we're bringing him back. It can't be that. Uh, it has to be, you know, multiple games where it gets into that seven, eight, nine, a third of the season kind of thing, maybe a fourth of the season where there was actual visible punishment, not what Duke did last year. And, and Grayson, what he did w- was bad, but I mean, it wasn't. This it is this a, is this is far more egregious, oh, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, he got one game for you know kicking people where they shouldn't be kicked on a basketball court yeah. on, on numerous times. These three athletes stole something in a communist country representing UCLA, and some people could even say they're representing the country when they're over there. Because, Absolutely, you know. And so, yeah, I think they should get it third to the fourth. And uh, uh, one of our listeners out there is saying maybe the NCAA will chime in. I believe they're going to leave this one up to UCLA in the Pac-10, is what of all indications because of. It's not really their job as long as the NCAA. I mean, as long as UCLA and the Pac-10 are are okay. I don't think this one will go all the way up the up the ladder since the charges were dropped in China. If the charges weren't dropped, then I think the NCAA would get involved. That's what, how I read it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that the NCAA wants to get involved with this. The same. They don't way. want anything to do with the ball. Family. No, well, that too. But I think <laughs> this is really a school discipline problem. This yeah. isn't an NCAA infraction problem. There you go. College football. Uh, we'll go to the. the Every week it changed. It was a crazy week last week with uh, what Georgia and Notre Dame both losing, so the, you know, the, the a new Final Four, and it really doesn't matter until it's all played out. But it is good for talk radio, sports podcasts, and people around the bar when they're having a frosty one to talk about you know who you think is going to get in, who's not going to get in. And the big thing this week has been if Wisconsin runs a table at thirteen and zero, they might not get in. And I, you know, now anybody could make that statement, but for some reason that statement just really resonated across talk radio this week, sports talk radio. And people were going, well, how would that be? And how would that be? And I'm like, and I'm like, relax, folks. It's not even we're not close to that yet. First of all, Wisconsin hasn't run the table. Second of all, Miami's gonna play Clemson. So that's gonna open up a spot in the final four. If Oklahoma and Alabama run the table, Clemson and Miami will eliminate somebody. If Wisconsin's 13 and 0, they're in as the four seed. So everybody in Wisconsin can relax, and all the sports talk radio people can relax, as that's how it'll happen. It was, it's, I, I, it's amazing. I, listen, I love to sit back sometimes and just watch these people go crazy, and they're, they're writing letters, and they're on CBS and ESPN in the comment section. And it makes no sense how they can leave a team out. Well, we're not even close. Well, it makes no sense that we have voters doing this. I root for chaos, always. I'm rooting for the worst-case scenario that'll happen in the college football playoffs. I want people to get so infuriated by this that there will be change because it's absolutely ridiculous that we have people in a committee picking the four teams or to play in a national championship. We should know at the beginning of the season who's playing. Okay, the champions of the Power Five conferences, they're in. And then, and then the next three, you decide. Or maybe you say... 
if you don't win your conference, you don't deserve to get in. We don't care how highly rated you are because we're also going to give it to, you know, the, the American conference or whatever other conference. Or we'll leave one for an independent or something along yep. those lines. But you, it, I, I root for chaos. I hope, I hope Wisconsin runs the table and they're fifth because, <laughs> because we need an eight-team playoff. I, I don't think we need a 12 or 16, but you need at least eight because, you, have, you know, think of the, the professional leagues, usually about eight teams in the NFL. I don't know what it is now. Six, but yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you've got it. They're talking about, I think, a couple more. But, yeah, yeah six in each, 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 each uh, conference. Eight, I think, would be fine. If you're battling between eighth or ninth, eh, whatever. Yeah. But even more so, you have it locked in. Who's, who's going to win instead of some voters doing it? I hate this because from week to week, you don't even know. This could be the fix for the next week. They have a bad burrito. Somebody else gets uh, well, uh, picked and, in. And then, you know, I, the thing I still remember what last year when, when, when Mike and Mike were talking about, you know, about this uh, whole who gets in. And they said one of the things that the committee was worried about was there wasn't enough shrimp and there wasn't enough croissants in the, in the, <laughs> in the remember, in the, oh, in the room. I, I was wrong. I, I should have said burritos. I meant shrimp. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there wasn't enough shrimp and croissants in the room. I'm like, are you kidding me? We, you've got fa- multi-million of fans and dollars, and, and that's what they're worrying about in there. So, yeah, I agree. You hit the nail on the head. People shouldn't be involved in this. It should be a set rule. The top five get in, and then if you're, un- if you're undefeated, non-power five gets in, uh, maybe one at-large conference and then one at-large team. You have your final eight. You know what? Everybody has a shot. Well, Everybody <clears throat> has a shot that way. And, and isn't the argument these conversations are good for college football? Well, let's translate it to the NFL. Okay, which six teams from the AFC are going to get in? Yeah. Oh, you want a division? On it? You want defeated in the Central Division, but you know the yeah. East is a lot stronger. You're not getting it. It's it's all kinds of illogic. There you go, Mike and Mike. Uh, the popular ESPN two and morning show uh, will end on tomorrow, which will be Friday the what, the seventeenth. I'm terrible at dates. Yeah, Friday tomorrow, the seventeenth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, their last show, so they've been really doing a lot of reminiscing this week. Uh, actually, they probably had one of their better weeks of broadcasting as they got, they've really kind of honed in on. What they want to do this week. If they would have been doing this the last two or three years, maybe we wouldn't see the change. But I know you you're excited about the change. And I guess Mike's new show is going to be called Get Up, Get Up with Mike in the morning, or Get Up with Greenie in the morning. And then Wingo and Golick will take over the week after Thanksgiving. So I just think change is good. I think you don't want to have something too long. I'm, I'm the person who's going to rearrange my house every you know <laughs> certain amount of time. And I, I think change is good. You and. And I think it's going to be good for, for both Mikes as well. They, they had a great run. They, they've done a fantastic job. I don't think they've done anything wrong that would preclude them from continuing exactly what they're doing for another, you know, five or ten more years. It's just I know that I think it's mostly Greenberg who, who yeah. wants to, to make a change uh, along these lines. I, yeah, I think they've done fine. I've, I've listened. I watch them a it's, little bit every morning. Yeah, but I, I, I don't... I mean, and I like Wingo, and I know you of, don't. Yeah. But they're just part of those. Yeah, there's part of your. Yeah, they become part of your morning just routine. Absolutely, you're scanning the channels. Yeah, or sure. You want sports, so nothing spectacular, but always professional. Yeah. Kudos well, usually to eighteen-year run. And oh we'll my God, they're fantastic. I, I, I really loved them a lot more initially when they were just on radio, and I would drive yeah. around town. It, they're, they're, they're interesting to listen to. I mean, some people burn out, like Jim Rome. Yep. Uh, and in the middle of his big run, I, he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, now, but he it, kind of burned out a little bit, I think. Back in your neck of the woods, Mike Francesa is going to be done, I believe, at the end of the year on WFAN, right. probably the biggest sports Chris station. Christie, right? That's who they yeah. were talking about earlier? <laughs> well, they replaced him with three people. Did you see this? 
Yes, I know there's three, but I don't know who they are. Chris who, Carlin, who? Bart Scott, and Maggie Gray. Okay, is Bart Scott the football player? The former Raven football player who refused to ever speak with the media when he was there. Now, he was lucky. Oh, they couldn't get Marshawn Lynch? <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> so, so Bart Scott, yeah, I tell you, and then, uh, of course, uh, Mad Dog Mike Russo went off on this yesterday. He goes, Bart Scott basically wouldn't inter- do any media. Now they're going to replace him when Francesca, which, of course, was his old partner. Oh, yeah. Quinn. So, uh, But it got some great national coverage for WFAN, and it's hard for radio stations to get national coverage. We'll and, see if they keep it, though. Yeah, we'll see, yeah. That's what a lot of a couple of the uh, callers were calling in the Mad Dog show yesterday were saying it's like, yeah, it's getting great, great right now ratings, but go through a couple rating cycle. We'll see what happens when uh, it's – I don't even know who Chris Carlin is. Are you familiar with him? The only person I even know is Bart Scott. Bart Scott's the football player. And Maggie Gray's been around the sports talk radio and sports news a little bit. I've heard of her. I've heard her name. Pretty good. She's okay. I, again, it's one of those things. I I recognize the name, not the work. See, like, you can't you can't replace you just can't replace a Mike Francesca the same way you're not going to replace a Chris Russo. Uh, those two guys have their own. It, it's their unique insights that makes it. I agree. People people tune in. One more topic before we get on to, of course, The Walking Dead, which everybody wants to talk about or hear about today, is that uh, this weekend, Greg Olson, an active NFL player who's on injured reserve, yes. is going to call a game. He's going to be the uh, the color commentator on the, uh, the Washington Redskins-Minnesota Viking game. And some people are up in arms. I think it's kind of neat. I would n- probably not watch this game as much. But to hear an active NFL player and his opinions on the game is going to be interesting. The Vikings didn't want it to happen because they don't want – an active NFL player to get inside information on the mandated, you know, meetings that CBS gets to have with each of the teams this week. Your thoughts on this? Well, I was going to say, wow, this sounds interesting, except for I understand the Vikings. Uh, they're going to have to find a way not to allow him to include it because if I'm the opposing team, I'm not going to want to have that information out there, no matter how much he promises. Um, I think the notion of it is interesting. I mean, I, I'm not caught up in rules. I'm not caught <laughs> up. I like change, as I said. I like chaos sometimes is helpful. Um I think it could be interesting. I, I think mean, Greg Olson's not. an interesting guy. He's very outspoken. Yes. He's fun, energetic, kind of that surfer-looking dude. Yeah. I think it'll be a good broadcast. But I understand the. I'm, the, the, I'm assuming that the the, not, the the Vikings must be playing the Panthers later on this year. Is that the reason they don't want you know? They Olson, don't want anything shared, Olson, right? Yeah. yeah. So the, and I get that part. So I'd like to see him and Travis Kelsey because <laughs> uh, from the Chiefs' tight end, two tight ends out there. The, the, I don't know as much about Olson, but I know I know that Kelsey is is, is pretty. Yep. Interesting. I, I think it'd be great. I mean, why not try something different? What's it going to hurt? Yeah. I mean, it's a, who, who are they playing? Carolina's playing who? Redskins. Yeah. Who really cares? I mean, I know. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, I know they're both two pretty good teams right now, but it's not a game. I'm going. Oh, oh man. We we cannot do anything to destroy the integrity of this Panthers Redskins game. My God. This is why Joe is the best, ladies and gentlemen. He is the best. All right. We have now done sports talk for 21 minutes or so. Now let's get into what uh, we're here about. Uh, Walking what Dead, we care about most, right? Season eight, episode four recap. If you uh, are, if you haven't seen it, we'll let you log Too late. off on Facebook. We'll give you 30 seconds and we'll go forward. Uh, I had read that a character died, and so I was went into it. Not I was getting ready to watch it. And Did I this character it. have a tail? This character had a tail. Okay, okay. And I, I would not tell my son until I tied him to guess. He waited like, for 50 minutes. He could not figure out who was going to die. And then out of nowhere, he goes, it's Shiva, right? I'm like, yes. He goes, "How would they? why would they do that? And so, I'm sorry if you haven't watched episode four, season eight, but uh, Shiva, the... Uh, the, the uh, you didn't watch. You don't really care the enough. The tiger... To- Died. It was a great scene in terms of him saving some of the fam, uh, some of his people, including your favorite Ezekiel. Um, but uh, you know, I heard that the reason they killed him off is it's so expensive to have a to 
and what, however they produce the tiger on the set with the the graphics and all the stuff and having a real tiger to to on set once in a while to to do all the stuff they do in the TV magic world. Uh, so Shiva died in an episode that was really good, other than one scene, which was really really dumb because it made no sense. So go ahead. Yeah, I I was gonna say that I the the reason I was bothered by it, besides the fact I really love I love the cat, is I didn't buy that he would die that easily and quickly. I don't. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm, I was thinking he would have put on a hell of a lot more fight because, or he would have ran. Or he would have run. He would have jumped out. Even if he was bit, he could have still run away. Yeah. I didn't see him dying that way. I thought right. it was, and I realized they have limitations yeah. or how they're doing the CGI, I guess, or whatever it is that yeah. they got. Um, I just was like, why aren't you lashing out more? You can take out tons of people. That's why you're terrified. People yeah. are terrified of you. To see that him to eat, to die so easily, yeah. I just didn't buy it. Yeah, I think most animals in that situation would have ran. Uh, you know, when fierce, just fierce. Think of a little cat yeah. you've maybe come across that's going to rip your arm a piece. Yeah. So I agree. Well, we agree on that. Now, the one scene that's getting just absolutely railed upon, if you've if you've looked up anything about Walking Dead, is right. the Jeep scene where uh, the, oh the, my the, god, the that fifty was... caliber machine gun is trying to shoot Rick in the Jeep, and none of the bullets can hit the hit the Jeep. Or when they do, they just make a little dent in it. And if anybody knows anything about yeah. guns, <laughs> one or two fifty caliber bullets would have shredded the Jeep, and and Rick would be either dead or he would be alongside the road, not driving. Uh, so that went. And it was a really good scene, other than it was so fake that it kind of ruined a little bit of it it was so fa- i mean i kept waiting going one shot's gonna knock out yeah. the radiator the engine yeah. it's just gonna completely destroy it and it's like ding ding yeah. ding it's a, so shoot, shoot with a pea shooter but then rick had the greatest line of the season so far is we got the guns <laughs> that was always i don't think he had another line the entire show but we got the guns uh, which was great. And then, of course, uh, you know, if asked to be the hero, be the hero by Ezekiel at the beginning. Yes. Was the other that great. Was good, that was a good That was scene. a great line. And so I will say this. Of the first four episodes, four was the best overall uh, to, uh, to the season, even though it had a couple of, you know, the sad part with the Shiva dying. And a, a lot of Ezekiel's people died as well in the, in the war. Um, but then the, the one bad scene, or at least the stupid scene, for lack of a better way to say it, did hurt it a little bit. But at least you kind of got a direction now where we're going. My favorite scene was Jerry. Oh, Jerry's awesome. I loved when Jerry came in and just put that... I I felt like I was watching um, Terminator. I don't know if you saw the second Terminator, where it's the sort of liquid Terminator, where at one point he's cut in half and both both the heads goes left and right and he's wobbling around. That's what I thought of when I suddenly saw that giant machete. I think it's a machete. Yeah, whatever it is. Or some samurai sword or something. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, it was an axe. I'm sorry. (laughs) And and the axe goes right down like his head and his shoulder and you see through him almost. I I thought of that and I thought that that was a great scene of him coming to the rescue and the fact that I'm not a king. Yes, you are. We need you. I mean, Jerry ends up being really the one who's in charge and is the smart one there. He's been... You yep. can tell in that scene that Jerry's, I mean, we, I think we sort of knew he was playing along, but you can tell he's a really bright guy, and he understands the importance of Ezekiel, and it seems like more than Ezekiel understands the importance of Ezekiel. Well, Ezekiel did not want to lose any any people. When he lost that many people, it seemed like he lost his way a little bit. Right, but, but, Jerry, was, but Jerry did Jerry, not lose his way. Yeah, Jerry did because not you're going to get your butt here, I'm going to save you, and this is what's going to happen. Now, did you know who they patterned the guy who had Ezekiel by the gun after? Did you read this? Patterned, uh, uh, what do you who mean? Who he looked like. Uh, originally, how Z- Ezekiel was no, supposed to look? No, who the guy that that had that that Jerry killed at the end with Ezekiel? Do you know who they patterned the guy off? Uh, out of? No, I don't. Jeffrey Dahmer. 
Really? And then you go back and watch that scene again, and you look back at Jeffrey Dahmer with the glasses and the kind of the key. Gotcha. Yeah, there you go. So I thought he was just a, a doofy-looking Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah. He was kind of that way, too. So it was an, an interesting stuff going on. So that's all I got That's for a great one. insight there for that. Go, I'll to, I'm going to now I'm gonna have to go back and check that out. There you go. He does look, look, look a little bit like him. But, so, but are, so before we look at this week's episode, are, are you now – Happier with this season? I'm happier. I, I know the season is getting railed upon, and I should not go out and watch some of the reviews and, and go to the Yahoo and go to the dead forums. Where Wh- people why are they railing against it? Because I'm not purposely not looking at those. It's just a lot of the scenes seem a little bit more fake, and, and not enough zombies is the big thing. for The, the comic book people love the zombies. Uh, and just the whole, there's so many so many characters that people are a little lost. and so. Uh, but this one did bring a little bit back in terms of kind of you got an idea what, what's happening now. So Yeah, I'd like to know all. Also, you know, it'd be nice to get some of the other characters back in. Yeah, but Michonne, also, has, Michonne has disappeared from the show. Carl has disappeared from the show. He hasn't been in two episodes. Negan, too. Negan has not been in the last episode. We, and, and I know a lot of this is supposed to be taking place. That one of the directors on the, yeah. the talk talking show saying this has all happened sort of at the same time. And I get that. I mean, yeah. I can appreciate that. But they like say, I said before, kill more characters. Well, the thing is people tune in because they, they you fall in love with the characters. You, you didn't turn in. You didn't watch the $6 million man. They didn't have the $6 million man on. Happy Days had Fonzie on, you know. Hey. <laughs> well, you think about it. So, I mean, you think about two or two and a half Sit episodes. Sit on it, Jeff. Yeah, wouldn't, exactly. <laughs> no Carl, no Michonne, no Negan. I mean, you know, three of your stars aren't there. It makes I'll no say sense. one last thing. Yes, that sir. opening scene, I don't know how you felt about it. I was on edge. Oh, very good. That, that opening scene, the way they had it, and I'm going... Uh, you can't walk, and all these people are going to be shooting up as zombies, all your former friends. Yeah. What's going to happen? And I thought that that had me on edge a little bit because I'm thinking, oh, they're killing off and Ezekiel. And you don't know for sure if Ezekiel was, you know, he could have been bitten there, too. They didn't really, you know, his right. leg was cut. It looked like a shot, but you don't know for sure. So I think I'm, I'm pretty, I was pretty excited overall with the, with the episode. I'm hoping next week builds on it. There you go. All right, that's our Walking Dead recap. So, hey, in two weeks, we'll be back. So we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit back and go from there. So have a great Thanksgiving, Joe. Same to you. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Have a great day, everybody.